We are live, people. Shout out to everybody watching The Kick right now. This is NFL Talks, the other football show. Me and Peter are here representing the Eagles and the Ravens on the show titled The Birds Are Flying High. Um, the football was interesting this weekend. Um, me and Peter are both pretty happy with what happened. If you're watching this right now, make sure you follow The Kick or subscribe to The Kick or whatever the um, relevant term is. Uh, if you're in the comments, big up to you. Uh, feel free to get active in the chat. Leave whatever comments or questions uh, you might have. If you want us to talk about a game, depending which game it is, uh, depending on which game it is, we might do that. Uh, but with that being said, Peter, what's up? I am good. Oh my god, we have an Eddie sighting. Yeah, yeah. We, we have an Eddie sighting. I am good, man. I can't lie. Um, guys, if you're wondering why the hell are they actually starting early. I have a six-a-side game in about an hour, a little over an hour, and I haven't gone to my team's games for four weeks. And if I don't go to two of the last three, I can't play in playoffs, so I have to go. So, um, yes. So um, I didn't want to say we'd stick around for Niners-Vikings because, let's be honest, no one cares too much. I mean, I'm sure Niners and Vikings fans do, but, like, none of those labels apply to us, but I'm doing well. It was another weekend of sports. You know, um, the Ravens didn't disgrace me this weekend, so that's good. Love uh, stuff. Murtaza one day is going to have to answer for his crimes for the Lions hype, but it's okay. It's cool. It happens. Um, but, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy happened this weekend. Um, yeah, I can't complain. We got some baseball game sevens. We got one that's about to start, and we got one tomorrow. So, you know, all is right in the world of sports. And the NBA is back tomorrow. It's exciting. Crazy. Excited times, Eddie. What are you saying? Cooling. I'm kind of happy Murtaz is, isn't here. Where I went up here was fucking mouth about what had transpired yesterday. Although <laughs> I'm not a fan, so I'm not I'm not involved with those types of conversations. But uh, yeah, all in all, all good, all good, bros. All right. And so, I, I too have to I too have to leave. I'm I'm doing this in some shoddy fucking closet i'm not gonna explain why but that's yeah, it's crazy something. but uh we'll get through this quickly in and out real quick the title of the show is birds are flying high so you know what i'm saying we can start with peter's birds he's on the more urgent time restriction talk to me peter ravens one beat that ass um it's something that i noticed not just in the ravens game but across like the games this weekend the game at least the games that i watched right the teams that are more physical win. Like mm-hmm. all this talk about Philly and banning the stupid quarterback sneak play and all of this stuff. At the end of the day, it comes down to they're lining up. You know exactly what's going to happen, and they're pushing you around, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Right. So, like in the Lions Ravens game, two things popped out to me. Like Lions offensive scheme, great, nice, cool, whatever. The Ravens have, like, game changers on defense. They have, like, X-Factor players. And the Lions don't really have X-Factor players like that. Like, Jared Goff is cool. Jared Goff is fine. But Jared Goff isn't going to win outside of, like, X's and O's. So if you're at a scheme, like, neutral, nothing great is going to happen for the Lions. Right? Like, first half, first three drives, they couldn't get a first down. Then their first first down came when they were down 21 nothing. They got to midfield, fell behind the sticks, and turned it over on fourth down. You know, but it's just it was very it was very apparent to me 
that the Ravens are like, hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna like get in their shirts, and we're just gonna see what happens, and we're just gonna live with it. And so I'm not surprised. I mean, I am kind of surprised at the score because I'm surprised the Ravens executed so well on offense a week after kicking six fucking field goals within 40 yards in London. But um, I'm not too shocked at the Lions' inability to, like, score considering what they have relative to what the Ravens' defense has, which has quietly been, like, one of the best defensive units in the league since they made the trade for Roquan Smith last year. Yep. So I'm not really shocked. Like, I know 38 to 6 is like, wow. But I was like, yeah, I can't fucking lose to the Lions, man. I'm sorry. Like, and I know they're missing players and all this and all this shit that people are going to say. But if you can't get a first down in your first three drives, you're going to be down points. And then you're going to have to throw the ball. And then the other team knows you're going to have to throw the ball. And if you can't block for the unathletic quarterback throwing the ball, then bad things are going to happen. There's a perfect case of like a snowball building. And being at the bottom of the hill in the snowball, just like running you over. But um, yeah, so that's that's what it looked like to me. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like Jared Goff in a in a dome looks like a fucking monster. Once he gets outside, that brother looked like he was born in California. And had to play a game in Maryland. Shit ain't pretty. Hey man, there was it was eighteen mile an hour winds, and you could tell by the way some of those balls are coming out. Pause, but um, damn, I'm telling you, I'm watching him throw, and I'm like, yo, yep, that shit ain't looking right. And then they start talking about the weather. And I was like, yeah, it made sense, man. Like credit to the credit to the Ravens, though, especially the wideouts for actually doing their job this time around. So hey, Lamar didn't out there looking crazy because it was like. Okay, y'all are getting some drops, but some of these goddamn drops is out of control. <laughs> some of them are they're not even like great plays that are like borderline plays. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, I just if the ball is gonna hit you in the numbers, I need you to catch the ball. Yes. That's what they get paid the big bucks for, dog. It Within was the like, frame of your body, catch the ball. Catch I'm not it. asking you to like do the only I unironically think the person with the best hands on our team is either Mark Andrews or Pat Ricard. That's crazy. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know if you ever watched, like, there was, like, two or three plays in this game where, like, the ball goes to Pat Ricard. It's fully, like, three feet above his head. But he, like, reaches and, like, high points it, catches it cleanly, and it's like, hey, he's 314 pounds. Like, if he can do it, mm. the guys who are actually listed as receivers and get paid like receivers should be yeah. able to do it. I'm not oh. asking for – I'm not asking for fucking A.J. Brown – level like catching double coverage i'm not asking for that that would be great but like i just if the ball's gonna hit you in the chest catch the ball do some do some like we only had one fumble this week so i'm proud you know we lost it but like it happens i feel like it happens every week i looked it up we are second in the league in fumbles only behind i think jacksonville yeah like I think ten of our seven of our ten turnovers are fumbles. We've only thrown three picks all year, but um, yeah, I mean, if they stop fumbling, would be even better. But you can't ask for a perfect game. It is what it is. Because I, I look at it and I'm like, defensively, when your safeties are healthy, I think they're like one of the better safety pairings in the league between Williams and Hamilton. Yep. Um, 
Corner-wise, I think they're good enough to get the job done. Linebacker, you're always going to have – once when, when Rokon is there, like, yeah, that's all that needs to be talked about. And then D-line, you might not know them, but they're always going to do what they're fucking supposed to do. Just be big and don't get moved so your linebackers can flow to where the ball is. And, and so, they have depth. They have they, depth they, there specifically. They, I, I swear they always just have some – Bro, it's just somebody big as fuck just wrecking shit up. Don't even know his name, but he's yeah, just yeah. there to cause nightmare. And so when I look at the the losses, you lost to who? The the Colts? The Colts in overtime. And, and the then Steelers. the fucking Steelers in the game. I, I still don't think I've been that mad at sports. It, it's Gardner Minshew and Kenny Pickett. That's the See what I'm saying? And I think I think they only they didn't give up more than 20 points. If I'm right, I think the Steelers might have got like eight. They gave up 22 to Indy because there was, well, it was 19 in regulation and okay. 17 to Pittsburgh. But nothing more, no more than 24. Yeah, we should not be, we should not be losing if we give up 22 or 17. Also, I yeah. think Pittsburgh's defense scored. Pittsburgh defense might have scored yes. too. Or the, the, um, the special, no, what happened? There I don't even a, remember. There was a block. I know there was a safety. George Pickens oh, got yeah. loose for like one play. I think that was against y'all, or maybe that was against somebody. But regardless, else. like we're yeah. not giving up enough points to actually really be losing. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's, that's the that's the point. Like your defense is going to put you in a lot of games, put you in a position to a lot of games to win. So it realistically just comes on down to offensive execution. Yeah, and Lamar, Lamar is going to be Lamar. I think you know the conversation around. Lamar is a bit tiresome. Like, I don't even think he's a talking point because if you watch the game, sure, he has a mistake here and there, but no quarterback is flawless. Yep. So you kind of have to factor that into your assessment of how he's doing. I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been good, but I think we're used to him being great. That when he's just good, it's like he's being bad, but realistically, he's just being good. He's being a solid quarterback. So, with them moving forward, like that division is crazy because three and three, four and two, four and two, five and two, it's gonna be a bloodbath till the end. Yeah. Um, the good thing is you got your Cincy game out of the way. Uh, um, you got your Cincy away game out, and you got your you got all uh, the away games out. All the away games out, right? Yeah. 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 So moving forward, you're in a pretty good spot. I think, in regards to the Lions, dog, I think that was just a, a, a humbler. You know, this this football is a real deal humbler. And were they feeling themselves? Maybe to a point. But at the same time, I think you lose a guy like David Montgomery who's kind of built for these types of games where it's legit just he's their physical – He's their 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 symbol of physicality when it comes to offense. Yeah, you can hand the ball off to that. I think it's Gibbs guy a bunch of times, but he's not gonna bring the level of impact that you need when you're playing against the Ravens. Um, and so I think for them, they I they might not be what a lot of people think they are because. That physicality can be found. I think the Ravens love physicality can be found to somewhat a degree in the in the Niners and the the Eagles. Um, 
But yeah, I think it's just, you know, shout out to the Ravens for actually showing out and kind of putting people on notice that we might have some ugly losses, but when we're at our best, like you really don't want to see us. Yeah, for sure. I think anybody that was high on the Ravens going into this year, what we saw was basically like that's what people envisioned that game right there. Right. That's part of the reason I think the beginning of the season was frustrating for people that knew that this was possible, but like, when the Ravens execute, there really isn't anything I don't think they can do. Like, we know that Lamar can throw the ball down the field. The receivers weren't catching the passes, but we know they can. Like, um, the defense has been, like Peter said, since they acquired Roquan, and I guess that defensive coordinator kind of got his bearing straight as an NFL coordinator. That unit has been very good. So what is the thing the Ravens just absolutely can't do? I don't know if there is one. Um it's just a matter of whether they can get things sorted out in terms of execution. And I think the, it's not, it wasn't a perfect game, like Peter said, but it was like, it was damn close, right? Like this, but this is possible. This is what this team can do. Um, if you saw what they did in the playoffs against the Bengals last year with a backup quarterback, like you have to think about what could be possible if they had Lamar and they had receivers. A game like this is what's possible. So um, I think this was just like, it was just confirmation of what people who are high on the Ravens always envisioned with that team. And um, I think Peter brought up the theme of physicality this week. Uh, this is what happens when, you know, a team that actually has talent, but also has the ability to just like put the pause on people. Like that's what happens, right? Lions are cool. And like, they're, they're a nice underdog story, but with, uh, with injuries that they have, they just don't have, even without the injuries, like if you add Montgomery, it's not like he's necessarily a game changer either. Um, you know, that whole like tough underdog shit doesn't really work against another team that's also tough like that, right? You can't bully people that are also bullies, and that's really what happened with the Lions. Um, the Lions are going to have those games against teams that, you know, aren't really built like that where they can just push teams around, Um in the NFC specifically, at some point, they're going to run into the Eagles and the Niners, and that's probably where their season ends because, you know, it could look like what happened against Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, I think this was a – these kind of games are like measuring stick games. This is where you actually learn what teams are about, and I think we learned uh, some valuable information about the Lions and the Ravens in this matchup. Um, Murtaza is here. Murtaza, thoughts, Ravens, Lions. Uh I believe Peter mentioned that you have some sins to answer for regarding the Lions hype. Uh, I mean, yeah, I do. I, I thought they were going to win, but I, you know, I got, I, and I apologize because, you know, I got uh, hyped into the Jared Goff hype train, but, you know, again, with these soft ass quarterbacks, man, when they get pressured, can't do nothing, man. These, these cow bear quarterbacks, fucking pussies, like, you know, fuck you. Fucking, yeah, I did that just for you, Eddie. I did that just for you. I'm not. I'm not here for this shit. <laughs> yeah, but but it is you. You saw what happened though when they when they put pressure on him. Like even when he had time, he was just turtling up like a little bitch, and you know not staying in the pocket. Like that. That's just what it was. Like like Lamar on the other hand, he he made some throws when there was pressure in his face. Like that throw to Zay. There's there. Although he had a lot of time, by the time he threw it, there was a guy right in his face. And he still got that ball off, and it was like a fifty-yard chunk play. So that was that was a huge difference. Like the quarterback is the Ravens' quarterback. Lamar is a dog, and we knew that. And you know what? The craziest thing is, yesterday should be an indictment 
for all the teams when he then they could have gotten him for two first round picks. Hey, that man. guy, bro, how you how you let that happen is beyond me. I was saying hey, it man, all look. those times, but look. hey, it is what it is. Happy for the Ravens. It's it's collusion. That's that gotta be fun. that's the only way. I refuse to believe half of the NFL looked at Lamar Jackson and said, Oh, trade two first and sign him to an extension. Nah, he's not worth it. Look, especially because like Consider like the teams, right? The Falcons, criminals. They're somehow four and two, but like I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I, they're gonna need gonna a new quarterback. Like, so like Falcons, right? Look at the Saints and the fact that they paid Derek Car- Derek Carr. They're in cap hell. I actually don't understand what like if there's even a point in looking at it. Like you can't pay a guy. The Saints are eighty five million dollars over the cap next year. Why not be 105? Who cares? Pay Lamar instead of Derek Carr. At least see what Yeah, you I don't get, get. it. <laughs> You're fucked regardless. Criminal. But yeah, I don't, I don't get how teams looked at Lamar Jackson and thought, oh, this style of play is so different that it can't be good. Or like, we can't build around this. I don't, I personally don't get it. Because let's be honest, like, if we're looking at AFC quarterbacks, how it works in my brain is there's Mahomes here and then a whole bunch of people in the same group. Yeah. But we're totally fine using the franchise quarterback, cornerstone label, all of these things for the guys who are white. We're totally fine with it, right? Josh Allen can do no wrong. Justin Herbert Mm -hmm. would never be his fault that his team never fucking wins, right? You want to defend them both? Cool. But you take the guy who does win when he's healthy and you say, nah, we can't do it. There's something about this that we can't do. You can't you can't explain to me why Josh Allen or Justin Herbert are or even Joe Burrow, I'll go that far to say they're miles better than Lamar Jackson. You yeah. can't explain it to me. At the very least, they're all at the same table, and Patrick Mahomes is at his own table. Yeah. That's fine. Cool. If we want to act like Joe Burrow should be in the Mahomes table because he got to the Super Bowl, cool. And like I look at the division standings. Granted, we're only in week seven, and you're in last place. So yeah, that's be happening, right? I don't know. I I don't get it, and I don't like that people were so assured after watching Lamar in a Greg Roman system for three years that he couldn't throw the ball. It's never that thought you know has the, never occurred to me. The craziest part is for me is the the Falcons one because. Ritter kind of plays similar, bro. He runs the ball a lot. It's like like the whole, oh, because you run the ball and you're going to take hits, yeah, it's not going to be sustainable. So does he. He runs the ball a lot as well. So, you know, it's it's just it's just wild to me. Like, especially in the division like that, like, the, it, it was such, it was like almost a no-brainer that, like, the Falcons, I don't know how that, they That division's that a layup if the Falcons have Lamar. That division's a layup for whichever team persuades Kirk Cousins to sign. That's a fact. You don't even need Lamar. Yeah. That would be great. But, like, if Kirk Cousins goes to the Bucs next year, the Bucs are the favorite for the next three years until somebody gets an established quarterback. Right. Or, like, Bryce Young is actually good because the Panthers don't fucking suck. Like, that's not going to happen. Yep. Right? Like, it's it doesn't – I don't get it. I don't see why it was so – and if you watch the games, like, yeah, Lamar had a design keeper for the run for the first touchdown, but most of it is just scrambles. 
and like the hits he takes are not like crazy. I don't know. Like, I don't see why a Josh Allen, his style of play is going to be more long term, like scalable or preservable. I, I don't get it because like they can't run the ball if he doesn't run it. Oh, it, we already know. Opinion, we know the truth. We know in the my truth. opinion, Burrow has taken worse hits in the pocket than Lamar has as a runner and in the Bro, pocket. Yes, he's, he's torn his ACL. <laughs> Like, like he's gotten smoke, here? specifically Burrow. But the point is, is the most dangerous place for a quarterback to be is in a collapsing pocket trying to throw a football. Everything else, give or take, you know, it's just about the moment and what is ha- like just happens to happen that's like just a product of chance, right? But we can say with certainty that the absolute most dangerous place a quarterback can be is in the middle of the throwing motion when a pass rusher is looking to fuck their shit up. It's not no, even... It's the, not even a, it's, took, uh, the dangerous hit he took on Sunday was when somebody dove at his knees. It wasn't even like a legal like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't see why people are so taboo to try and build around a mobile quarterback, but then are constantly looking for dual threat quarterbacks in the draft. Or maybe Here's people the love their part. fucking they love their fucking draft picks too much. I don't They're know. They're internally conflicted. They're internally conflicted because like I think the idea of a dual threat quarterback is well understood, but then like the idea that the hits are okay is something they're still having to figure out. I think the two things are kind of just like at odds in their own psyche. You want you want a mobile quarterback with a brain. And yeah. I'm just gonna say it, and I think I've said it on here before, maybe last year. Josh Allen is white Cam Newton. <laughs> Too much fucking bravado for his own damn good, bro. Yep. And I kind of feel bad for him because I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the way they have set him up and it's like you've given him absolutely no run game or you just don't have don't believe in it or because it's one of the two. It has only one of the two. Like from an offensive line standpoint, they don't look terrible, right? Like I don't think they're terrible. But for some reason, they they get like into these spells where it's like, yo, Josh, just run around a little bit and chuck it downfield. Maybe somebody gets a bit of separation and you find it. Yeah. Like, and then he's rolling out. Every time he rolls out, people are putting the paws on him. Yeah. Like he that one ball he threw against the I think where he injured his shoulder. It's like, yo, just throw it out of bounds, fam. It's not yeah. that deep. And the difference between him and Lamar is that I've realized now, I don't think people give Lamar enough credit, is he's so calculated when he runs the ball. Maybe because it feels a bit more fluid to him, but I've just seen him dive, like just fall down. I've just seen him go out of bounds. Like I've seen him ease up. I've seen him go limp when he's getting, like when he's getting held by somebody and just accept the fact that he's, he's tied up. Meanwhile, Josh Allen really thinks he's him and he wants to run somebody over. Yeah. And I've noticed that he'll be doing that. And at the next play, look for a ticky tack rough in the passer call that I have never seen Lamar get. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It, it, it just, the, the, the math thing mattered for me. And I think the sooner, I think we've seen what happens when you give Lamar a weapon. He doesn't have to do everything first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Like, and the weapons are okay. Like, I'm not going to sit, like, Lamar doesn't have a Stefan Diggs. 
Lamar doesn't have a Jamar Chase. He has a Mark Andrews, but a tight end can only offer you so much. He has competent running backs, but he doesn't like if you gave, I'm just gonna say now, like if you gave Lamar what the Eagles have given Jalen Hurts, it's every It's a bloodbath every week. Right? Our but number one no, running back tore his Achilles like first quarter of the season. Lamar spent most of his career with Gus Edwards. Like no bullshit. <laughs> That's it. Hey, and, I'm not, and I don't mean to take away from Jalen, of course. Like, I'm not trying to take away from Jalen Hurts. But I'm just stating, like, what's what's factual at this point. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's like, it's like, look at Brock Purdy. Look at Tua. We talk about these dudes like they some real high-level, confident quarterback, when in reality, their weapons are making them the success stories that they actually are. So... I like what I've seen from Lamar this far. I'm interested to see how they play out the rest of the season. But like you guys have said, like they're definitely a team that you can take your shots at when they lose, I guess. But in reality, they're not really any – they're not the type of team that a team wants to see first week of the playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, I think the, the – point you got at initially was like you want a quarterback as a runner who understands calculated risk i think lamar is that guy and yeah. like to to uh kind of just like further get into the comparison between him and josh Allen. i think lamar understands that he should not get smoked because i don't, I don't think lamar thinks he can just deal with just getting smoked by defenders i think josh allen legitimately thinks because of his physique he can actually like he can deal with like the physical abuse, but the reality is, is like that can only hold up for so long. And I think that might also be a small school thing. Just like if you play at a low enough level in college with that kind of playing style, like you actually can be Superman. And I think that's like a bad habit to get into. Like, I know this was a big part of the conversation with Carson Wentz is like, you play at such a low level of college football with that kind of play style, you can be Superman. You can hold on to the ball for 10 seconds and make a couple guys miss. You can throw outrageous passes into like windows that you just shouldn't throw to. And like, it's going to work out. But like when those habits get formed for so long, it is a difficult thing to drill out of a quarterback psyche. And I think Josh Allen, like obviously has so much more talent than a guy like Carson Wentz, but he seems to have the same, like, Oh, I can be Superman thing uh, the whole time. And then you, I really criticize Buffalo because if you have that kind of a guy he is what he is. You have to plan around him. But the fact that his whole career, they've never given him an effective running game, mean, which means that they're always behind schedule. They're always behind the chains. So now you have the quarterback that has a Superman complex, and now you actually need him to be Superman. So you're like kind of help, you're pushing him to lean into his issue. They should have him. They should have a running game that gets them into second and five as often as possible to just keep him in a place of like, I can just play safe football. But the reality is, is like they put themselves in third and 12 all the time, right? It's it's yeah. a mess. It's really poorly planned out. I think that organization definitely deserves more criticism for how they've dealt with the running back position. Um, and yeah, it's just like, that's something that Josh Allen doesn't get enough criticism for. And like, that's something that Lamar doesn't get enough credit for because we've talked about all the AFC quarterbacks, right? Um, if we go like through every receiving core that the other quarterbacks have have had, Lamar has never had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, nor has he had even like mm, Calvin Ruby, Ingram and Christian Kirk, nor has he ever really had Burrow and Higgins, like everybody, just everybody's weapons have always been better than Lamar's. There's a lot, um, 
there's a lot of context that's relevant that people just conveniently act like isn't a part of the story. But um, time will tell, you know, and like at the end of the day, everybody has to play football consistently. And like it feels like every week we're learning more and more about the quarterbacks who can't get the job done. The excuses can only fly for so long with guys like Lamar, uh, with guys like Josh Allen and Herbert. And uh, hey, can we talk about them? Can we talk about Herbert, bro? Yo, this guy this is hurts. like this the, what if, this the what if greatest of all time on Twitter. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I know you're not on Twitter, but bro, the way this guy gets defended for yeah. missing wide open throws, bro, wide yeah. open every single time. That Monday night game, the Chargers should have won. He had Keenan Allen on like three or four passes that could yeah. have ended up in the touchdowns, yeah. right? And that and that game in the uh, the Chiefs game, bro. Again, bro, this guy he's just not doing enough. He's gotten paid. The offensive yeah. line, no one can tell me is bad. They got a new play caller, and the weapons are good. No one can tell me the weapons are bad. It, it, they even have Austin Eckler, who's like a scrimmage or beast. Josh so, Palmer's I, randomly doing well now. Bro, yeah. like they they got him Quentin Johnston. I know Mike Williams is hurt, but like you still have Keenan fucking Allen. Like it's enough. What, what more do you need? Don't they yeah. have Everett as well, who's playing pretty well? Like, bro, he's solid. Gotta be you. Gotta be better than that, bro. Let me let me say this. Let me say this as the as the as the president of the. I'm not gonna lie, like that's that's my guy, bro. Wow, touchdown. That Justin Herbert is my dog. Like I rock with him heavy because I mean, ever since he was at Oregon, I just thought like, yo, this is that dude. I don't know what it is. Like he's acting like someone I've never ever met before, bro. It it sucks. <laughs> the Keenan Allen fake screen miss, um, where he sold like he was selling the screen, then Keenan Allen slipped behind when they were playing Kansas City, like. That miss is outrageous. That yeah. miss was fucking outrageous. And I don't know if he's he's just feeling the effects of I don't know what it is, bro. He just regressed. He really has, yo. Like he has all the arm talent in the world. Like he really does. I don't think other than Mahomes, like, I don't think anybody really throws the ball better than he does. That's but, a girl. That, huh? that's, I, I, I take Burrow, not gonna lie, but yeah, I Burrow know what you doesn't mean. have the arm strength that he has. Like when you talk about, okay, like, okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah that's that all, that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, Burrow's yeah, okay, placement, okay, Burrow's placement is definitely better yeah. than his, hundred percent. It is, but I'm just like, he can go from one sideline, roll to one sideline, and throw it sixty yards to like the, the the pylon on the other side of the field. Like not too many quarterbacks are able to do that, but. Yeah, bro, he's just he's been asked. I can't even defend it. Like, there's there's it's the indefensible, like that this time around. Like, yeah, he hasn't been good. The one like, thing I, I will just, say, one ahead. thing I want to say about the Chargers, they have two of the best pass rushers in the league. They have Derwin James mm-hmm. in their second. Why are you 31st in yards allowed? Brandon, Yo. Brandon Staley, like Justin Herbert kind of been asked. I agree. But look at the people the Chargers have on the roster on defense. Why are they so bad? They have a pick with Sheeks. 31st in yards allowed, 25th in points allowed. I don't I think that's kind of crazy. Like they tried to throw the offensive coordinator under the bus after the playoff choke last year. 
And the funny thing is, the offensive coordinator they hired is just going to end up being their head coach. They could have made that move this year. Yeah. Are we sure he deserves it? Kellen Moore? Yeah. No. Oh, I'm not talking about what should happen. I'm talking about okay. well, don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, do yeah, that because yeah, it's yeah, cheap. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Exactly Man, don't that. do that because it's a cheap bastard. Exactly yeah. that reason. Yeah. Like, that's 100% why it'll happen. Like, so, it just – I don't – I don't know why they're not better. And I say this is not a Chargers fan. I look at the names. I'm like, oh, there's some real guys on this team. And then I see them losing overtime to Tennessee. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know, man. Like, they're just – they're going to be like – so I'm looking at – I looked at their schedule. They play the Bears on Sunday night, which is a crazy Sunday night game, by the way. I don't know what the NFL thought they were cooking with that preseason. But um, they play the Bears. Then they play the Jets. So you may get Badgett and Zach Wilson. And then I think they play the Lions. And then they play Packers. The Packers? Ravens. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Like the Chargers are not good, but like they could be like five and five going into a Sunday night game against the Ravens. Also, why we're gonna have the Chargers on Sunday night football twice this year, I don't understand, but like fair enough. Jay Herbo. Like I guess, but that like was, no, that in theory, because you know how it goes, bro. They they try to sell you on these players in these moments, and it's like he's just not giving up. He's just not holding up his end of the bargain. But yo, like with, with these schedules, they try to project rises. That's why the Bears are on Sunday Night Football, and like perennially, yep. people ex- like there's a group of people that project the Chargers to be good, and like the schedule makers are some of them, and like the TV network people, right? It's just like the thing with Herbert is like I really don't understand the insecurity from people that like him because like I think nobody's stupid enough to not be able to compartmentalize the fact that like the base traits with Herbert are very good and like therefore the potential in theory is very high. But then also just to say that production is like astonishingly low considering those two things, right? Like it's very easy to understand that both those things are true. And the reality is, is you can only wait so long. Um, He's at a franchise that's really not serious at all and doesn't really actually care that much. So, like, he's going to get a lot of time. It's not like he's in in a position where he might lose his job or anything. Like, he'll be there for a long time. He'll get a lot of opportunities. But, like, you can only hold him in this high regard for so long before you realize that the lack of production is a problem. Bro. Um, so, I don't really you know what he reminds me of? What's that? My, Matt Ryan. I they couldn't have flexed this for Bengals Niners? That's crazy. Damn. Really? We Damn. have to really? So NFL I think really? maybe it's too early for the Sunday night flexes because the only flex Fuck. they've done this year is like Fuck one to that. four. Fuck that. Come I'm with on. you though. Fuck that. All right, whatever. But yeah, I, I you know what? The Matt Ryan comparison, I don't think is obviously is more physically talented than Matt Ryan, but like yeah, yeah. Matt Ryan was like, oh, my God, that's the guy, next quarterback. And then it was just like it never happened. Bro, I'm telling you, it is. like He's going to yeah. pass for a bunch of yards but then never deliver in the big yeah, game. Yeah. And, and what? Matt Ryan got an MVP, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I could coll- I could see Herbert collecting an MVP one year in a season that doesn't result in anything. Like He could very well have that kind of career. He's looking like the next Phillip Rivers. Similar boat as well. Remember, yeah. like, it's just, like, can make all the throws, get all the points, but what does it necessarily amount to? Mm. So I, I think there is a real trickle-down effect with just having an owner that just is that, like, 
careless and just detached from what's going on. Like yeah. I do think that like there's like one or two guys can't fix that, right? Like you you need to damn near have a whole squad that's built different to get through that. Like I do ultimately think that that's a part of the, the Chargers story that I've seen my whole life. Um, so I really yeah. don't expect anything from them ever. If they do make a serious push and get to an AFC championship game, I'll be really surprised. Also, bro, the thing with them is their star defensive players are playing Chiefs. Dervin James and Joey Bosa have been Chiefs. Khalil Mack's the only one that's been showing up this season that I've mm. seen from Charger games. Like, Dervin James looks Chiefs. Joey Bosa has been Chiefs. Like, that guy doesn't get talked about enough. Like, even last year he was mid. And this year he's been anonymous. And yeah. they don't have good defensive linemen, like, interior. That's what Brandon Staley, like the Vic Fangio defense, that's what it relies heavily on, having yeah. having an interior defense. Like he had Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. Then he had Aaron Donald in, uh, you know, the Rams. And, you know, you see with Sean Desai, they have fucking Jalen Carter, all these guys. But in, in, the, in the Chargers, they don't have that. And teams like – teams just take advantage of that. Yeah. And because they rely heavily on rushing with four. That's yeah. that's all it is. You just get home with four. And yeah. the way they do that and, like, how Khalil Mack, all those guys eight is they run stunts and shit. Like, you know, you have the, the, the three technique on one side, and then you have Khalil Mack on the other side. And that's how, yeah. you know, they just dominate teams. But yeah. when you don't have that three technique, teams can just double Mack and the rest yeah. are, uh, you know, neutralized. So, right. like, their corners even, they're – Pick machines, like you said, but they're not great coverage corners like that. Like, yeah, no, Asante Samuel's definitely like his dad's son. Yeah, bro. Like, he'll get, they'll get picks. Like, it's like Trayvon Diggs. Like, yeah, he'll yeah. get you production, but like, they're still going to give up a lot of yards. And that's yeah. also what that kind of defense is. They're going to give up a lot of yards, but it's a very much a bend, don't break type of defense. But, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll, the other teams will have to settle for a field goal. So, yeah. That's what that is. I like they've the defense have, has kept them in the past two games. It's the offense that's been letting them down, realistically. Yeah. So as much as people want to cook Brandon Staley, but it's not his fault. His quarterback can't make throws to a wide open Keenan Allen, the guy they just paid however much million dollars. Yo, this you know? the way Purdy got out of this pressure is crazy. Uh, he out here trying to get he trying to end uh Kittle's bloodline from what I just seen. Oh yeah, that was wild. That was wild. Harrison Smith, that was that was some classic white on white violence, man. Yeah, that's some safety shit though. That's what they do. Damn, Purdy got a little jet. That's I what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This 17, bro. He got 17 hey. yards. <laughs> what they say? He got that deceptive speed. 100. <laughs> percent Sneaky athletic. Sneaky athletic. Sneaky athletic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, he just made like hey, half yo. the defense miss, man. Fuck Minnesota. Look at the moves. Look at yo, the fuck moves. Minnesota, man. I'm weak. Oh. Oh man. <laughs> Belichick, like, damn it, I let that one get away. Now, but uh, hey, Eddie. Then Eddie, can you talk about your boys? They're not my dogs. I, 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 hey, I hey what you mean? I, 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 <laughs> you lost to D. 
a guy who was playing Division Two football last year. Yo, what bro. college did he play at? Shepherd, I think they said. Listen, listen. We have the greatest equalizer. We had the greatest equalizer being Josh McDaniels. Yo, I saw a crazy tweet about him. Hold on. Josh. Yeah, he played for the Shepherd Rams. Josh McDaniels is quite possibly the worst head coach that Bill Belichick has ever placed upon us. Because I think I think I, I'll be honest. I think it's a it's a it's a tie between him and Joe Judge. But the unfortunate thing is we've seen this before. We knew he couldn't coach. We knew he could like any coach who like people. Here's the rule of thumb: if you are coaching a great quarterback, everybody looks good. Nine times out of ten, from what I've seen, the coaches who are coaching great quarterbacks end up being shitty head coaches, offensive coordinators, you name it, once they get removed from those quarterbacks. It's real simple and plain. He's not – he just doesn't know how to manage a game. He doesn't know how to adjust. And now people are looking like, oh, guess what, Devontae Adams? We got you the ball a whole lot. Let's see what happens when we lose games. No, that's not his fault. (laughs) The offense has been found out. It's simple, bro. It's really simple. Somehow, somewhere, you're letting, what's his name, Uh, Jacoby Myers be the one who eats. Josh Jacobs, no longer that guy. I'm going to let y'all cook. I'm going to let y'all cook. I found the tweet. I found the tweet. So this is what Josh McDaniels has achieved in 24 games. He has lost to an undrafted D2 rookie QB making his first start. That's the last game against the Bears. He's lost to a high school coach in his first NFL game. That's the loss to Jeff Saturday. Blue double-digit lead to a quarterback who never practiced with the team. That's the loss to Baker Mayfield last year. He has blown the biggest lead in franchise history, 20 points. He's also blown three other double-digit leads, and then he got shut out in a game when the offense didn't cross midfield. Uh, this is like a a crazy resume of ass right here. But it's on brand. It's inspirational. It's on brand. It, it's legit been him since he was at Denver. It was even him when he had a few little stints as the as the as the Patriots little offensive coordinator. Like it's nothing that he's doing. Yep. He just has the benefit of having nice players. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, man, listen. That that lost the scoreboard was the worst part. 30 to 12. Like Mortaza said, you had fucking Devontae Freeman looking like Walter Payton just running over folks. Bro. (laughs) Bro, you had Jalen Johnson look like Deion Sanders, bro. (laughs) It was just a shit show of the highest order. But you know what? Like I said, when I saw the schedule, I told y'all they figure out a way to lose most of these games. You just lost the most winnable one. And now you have Detroit. You have to play Detroit on Monday Night Football. Damn. 
out here getting smoked. Matt, uh, yeah. that who's that? Fifteen. I know you are. But yeah, you got the oh, Detroit this Lions. Oh my god, I hate this cunt, bro. This cunt. Last bro. week you fucking bro. missed the game-winning field goal to lose my parlay, and now he does this, bro. Fuck you, Jake. What are you, bitch? Oh, I hadn't bro. seen the miss field Take goal. Take a deep breath. What happened? Oh, bro, fuck this guy, man. I don't. Did he, did no one's explaining what happened. Why? Why is Murtaza cursing? The kicker missed a field goal. Murtaza had lost a parlay because of his miss last week, and I believe he said he's now in a bad spot because of the miss. Hey man, I took Vikings no, no, money. I'm not, a, I'm not in a bad spot. Baby. It just reminded me, bro. It gave me. Oh, flash oh I, took, I took Vikings money line today. Let's get weird. Oh, it's PTSD. That's interesting. I I like that. I, like you know, that. I wouldn't mind that because I need them to be ass enough to not get a good quarterback. That is true, bro. Martazi, you need the Vikings to pick up some wins. Same way how I needed yep. the Giants to pick up some wins and they got that big win last week, but I was gassed. What's the name when you got two different um, color eyelids? I mean, uh, we know I'm talking about. What's the name? What's that shit called? When you got oh, two no. different. Uh, I don't know. The shirts are different. Color, uh, yeah, two different eye, uh, colored pupils. I forget what it is. Yeah, but no I'll idea. never, I'll never get over how much of a madman Max Scherzer looks. It, it just, it's one of those situations. I appreciate his his craft, but goddamn, bro, isn't it heterochromia, right? Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah. So we can get off this Raider subject. Let me talk about these. Let's talk about these Eagles real quick, man. All right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, st- we'll get right to the Eagles. The second half of uh, the title of this stream, uh, Eagles beat. The uh, the Dolphins, the Dolphins have the number one ranked offense by most metrics because they're skewed because of that game against Denver. And they showed up to Philly and there was a point with about a minute to go in the first half where they had 40 yards of offense and 40 penalty yards. Um, and then a 30 yard pass to Cedric Wilson messed that up on third down. But um, yeah, I thought this was probably the best game the Eagles have played. It was definitely, you can tell, the the dumbass loss from last week like got them to kind of just like get right for this game. Um, I still don't think we played like a particularly well-rounded game um, because I don't think we like – we ran the ball when we needed to, but the running game still can look better. The play calling still can get much better. Um, the passing attack, it was just like – spamming aj brown which has just been what we've been doing for the last four or five weeks and it's been working but like there's more to what we can do i look at us offensively like it's i'm happy with what we did but i just know that there's like so many further um levels to go to which is like the scary part of what we have going on as a team but the biggest thing that the biggest takeaway is just how well our defense did we had two backup safeties and a nickel corner like committee composed of an undrafted rookie and a guy who we just signed off the Steelers practice squad. So they cycled into the nickel spot, and that's the secondary we put on the field against Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, um, and Tua. And obviously my, my fear was is that they're going to be able to expose that. But, again, the other thing to keep in mind when you play us is that if our defensive line shows up, you will not have time to wait to get those receivers open downfield. And that's what happened for the most of that game. Like Tyreek had his moments and he made his plays, but when you look at the stat sheet and you see that he had 11 for 88, I'm taking that. By my standard, if Tyreek Hill scores, uh, gets 11 catches for 88 yards, that's shutting him down. That's about the most you can ask for. So the fact that they couldn't really run the ball on us, like they had two plays, two runs that maybe got for like 30 yards, and outside of that, it was basically nothing. Um, 
I was so happy with that. Uh, I think we showed that obviously we can beat people. Um, like people know that we have like the ability to run it up, but like this game was just about let's let's go look at a team that has a lot of talent just like us and bully them. And that's what happened. Um, you saw our quarterback sneak get run on fourth down twice on that game winning drive. Uh, nobody else in the NFL could do some shit like that. That's a decision that's a terrible decision for most organizations. But when you have a play that's so cash for one yard, you can do that type of stuff. And it, you know, it's, it's the right decision. Um, but yeah, if you look at what we did in that second half, um, looking for right now, uh, where is it? I think, uh, Maybe not the second half, but we had three drives in that game that went for about seven minutes that scored touchdowns. <clears throat> we, When you can control the clock like that, when you can keep the other offense off the field, um, when you can just I'll dictate, be right back. Yeah, when you can dictate the game through different ways, um, one being like obviously holding on to the ball for that long and the other being your defensive line basically dictating to the other offense what they have to do. Um, you really put another the other team in a difficult position. So, man, I, I was really happy. I thought Miami has uh, – they have some some soul-searching to do after, you know, basically playing two good teams this year in Buffalo and Philly and not looking good at all in either game. But uh, I'll let you guys get to it. Curious as to what you guys hey, think. Hey, you know what it looked like? It looked yeah. like the Ravens the first year under Greg Roman. Yeah. Where they would take the ball and just condense the game. Yeah. And say, hey, we're going to score, and we're going to shrink the game, and now you're going to have to throw it, yeah. and you're putting teams in positions they don't want to be in. Yep. And it was just, hey, it's not going to be glamorous. Yeah, like, even the drive where they threw the bomb to A.J. Brown in, like, double coverage, Yeah. they were getting, like, four or five yards every play until then. Like, yeah. I said to my friend, because we were watching at a sports bar last night, I was like, I don't think the Dolphins are going to get the ball back. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the drive started like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's like five minutes left and they're barely at midfield. Yeah. So, Peter, we ran three minutes a clock by the time we got to midfield. Like, I remember looking at it. I was like, fuck, there's five minutes to go. Or like, I think there was like nine minutes when we had the ball. There was like five and change and we were at midfield. It was crazy. No, they scored with like four minutes something left. And like yeah. half that drive was one throw. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, if you can just bleed the clock like that and just bring the game to a snail's face, yeah, there's right. only so much that teams can do. They have to start taking risks, and they have to gamble, and they have to guess. And it's just – it doesn't put you in a good spot when you're neutral from an athletic ability standpoint. Yeah. And you're not winning in terms of scheme. It's, it's It really – like you could see the Dolphins were just suffocating yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, they had their moments where they kind of figured some things out here and there, but like you could on the balance of just the whole game, they had a hard time on a play-to-play -play basis. They got bailed out by some plays, like obviously the the big catch from Cedric Wilson on third down. Uh there was a couple of chunk plays to Tyreek. Uh there was the big pick six, but like they needed these big plays to kind of even out the fact that on a play-to-play -play basis, they were getting outdone consistently. Yep. Um, and that's, again, the thing I'm happiest about, because, like, look, man, I already talked about, like, the patchwork nickel corner situation we have, but we, we started a rookie at safety who's played maybe, like, 
30 snaps so far this year. And then a other backup safety that we literally just traded today, right? We just put some random guys out there in the secondary and we held up against wow. this team. Like it's actually, oh shit, Jordan Addison. Yo, is this going to score, Murtaza? Nah, nah. Almost. That's First and goal. Sick play, though. Um, hey, Alam, you know what, I, what I'll say is, though, yeah. is that game could have been a lot different if Tyreek didn't drop that pass for that touchdown. Because if he if he caught that, that would have been 17-17. And yeah. they wouldn't have had to. Because I think they either kicked it or punted it or something they happened. For, right? they didn't, I think they uh, that was the drive they went for and out eventually. Yeah, that's that's what that is. Right? Did they get the pick six no, like the next play though? After that, no, that, that pick six was ball. Don't lie, like that was just like that. <laughs> no, 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 that. Yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, right. That's that right. Drive. But I'm saying, like, in the terms of momentum, drop, the between the Tyreek drop and the face mask that they didn't call, that pick six was just ball. Don't lie. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like that could have changed a lot for the offense. Like you know, so yeah, that, yeah. that, that that's just what that is, and you know. A big factor I think, you know, we're not talking about here is the Chase Claypool factor. Like, <laughs> like boys, like, this hey, guy is an this guy is an actual curse. Like, can I read out some stats? Hey, you the bad guys. Okay. hey before you do that, guys, I'm going to have to cut. It was good. Everybody supports the stream. I got to go run around at the 60-side game, though. So big right. up to you. Like the stream. Support the people who give you the content. And uh, I will see you guys, I don't know, next time we're doing content for something this sport related. Um, but, yeah, we got you guys. Enjoy the rest All of right, the my dog. Follow later. us up on the Twitch. Eddie, it was good to see you. And um, go Ravens. All right, peace out. But, yeah, as I was saying, right, so since trading Chase Claypool, the Bears are 2-1. and They were 0-13 with him. The Dolphins were four, five and one before activating him, and now are zero and one since activating him. The last season, the Steelers were two and six with him, and since he's left the team, they're eleven and four. He's won two games he's played in in the last two seasons, and zero in a span of over three hundred sixty-five days. Yeah. Oh my God! Wow. Not looking good. These guys are getting cooked, bro. What is going Yo, on? Minnesota, what is this? Who are you guys? I did Who's not see good for, It's good for the parlays, no, dog. I'm not going to lie. Nobody yet. Bro, also, I've got to say, yeah. Brock Purdy oh. actually hates George Kittle. Like, Brock Purdy hates George Kittle. <laughs> oh, I've never, like, he never likes to throw them. This guy's going to Jawan Jennings on third and five. This is no, true. And not the highest paid tight end in the league. This and is true. One of the true. best pass catchers in the league. Oh, yeah, I feel so like Ayuk is this man. Yeah, but, bro, still, yeah. If Ayuk is covered, it's sure Ayuk is your man. The second option has to be George Kittle. How is it not? It's true. No, nah, it's true. They're, they're using this guy. He's like, he's Mercedes Lewis, bro. Like, <laughs> a fucking blocking tight end. That's jokes. But yeah, Eddie, what are you saying about that Dolphins Eagles game? Uh when uh something fast hits an immovable object, you know what it is. Mm. You don't get your ass splatted on. That's what it is, bro. Like simply put, the 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 
the Eagles honestly embody everything that Philadelphia thinks there is better than a lot of the other teams. Um, from a Jalen Carter, really just ragdolling people like that, like ragdolling grown men, the same thing with Jordan Davis. Um, they had no avenues to run through. Like, they were taking up linemen. Um, and then I guess you guys got Kevin Byard, which is a huge plus for what you're going to have to deal with. You, you, you need – especially with the offenses that you're going to be facing come playoff time. You need versatile defenders, and he's one of those. Yeah. Uh, so you pair that with what you already have, and it's looking good. I think, you know, the Jalen the Jalen turnover thing is it's – a, it's, a, it's a cause for concern because you never want to turn over in the, in the worst moments, and i.e., you know – and I don't want to bring up the bad memories, but you look at the difference in that Super Bowl, it was pretty much the, the scooper score that the Chiefs got. I mean, anytime you, you lose a game by three points and you ha- uh, there are instances where the other team gets handed touchdowns, like you have to say that that's a big reason you lost. Yeah, that's my thing with it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I just think, you know, Swift – as long as you keep him healthy come come playoff time, yeah, I think he'll be a definite difference because once you're pulling – and then you get the number one seed with that. And so yeah. what? You'd have to play, I think, three games to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You could really go through that just beating people the fuck up through the run game. That's what and happened maybe, last year. Yeah, I'm maybe just... even Elijah Perry can – come back at some point in time and give you just somebody who can hand the ball off. I, I think, I think Gainwell is good for moments. I don't think, you know, he had a crazy touchdown, um, but I don't think he's someone you can necessarily rely upon as your second back. So I think you, if you have it done by committee, yeah, I think you have as good a shot to beat anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, yeah, that's, that's what I took away from just the Eagles being the Eagles. Yeah. They stuck to the script. Like, all that fast shit is cute, but when I put these paws on you, where are you going? Um, like you said, Tyreek going 10 for 88 is a win in any in any circumstance because Tyreek Hill. Um, it was good to see Dallas Goddard and – Oh, Kirk. And uh, who else? Um, Dallas Goddard and who else? AJ Brown and even to a certain extent Smith get involved. Not necessarily, you know, have big impact, but at least keep the defense honest, you know? Yeah. I think Jalen's getting more comfortable throwing the ball because I think I don't I don't know why he was pressing so much. Maybe that was the deal what the defense was giving up, but when you got a guy like Dallas Goddard, you don't have to wait for him to get downfield. You can literally give him the ball three yards away, and just by how fucking athletically gifted he is, he can pick you up five to six. So, yeah, he's, he's got to get better at that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for the most part, it was a good showing, though. I think, you know, shout out to Lane Johnson being a cyborg plane. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, what comes with your team. Man. I think you're, you're, you're in a good position because you look at your division, Giants, Commanders trash. Cowboys have already given up a couple games they weren't supposed to. So 
Yeah. I think if you handle your business with them, you're looking at a number one seed. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the thing about the Eagles, right? And I think every the thing that people always have to keep in mind is that like we're very much not finished yet. Like we just traded for buyer today. I don't know if we're gonna make any other moves in the trade market, but like last year we added talent at so many different points, right? Like we added Chauncey Gardner Johnson right before the season started, like six days before the opener. And then we traded for Robert Quinn at the deadline. It didn't work. But then we signed Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph, who actually ended up being decent for us and contributing. Like oh, yeah. we're going to tap into that vet market of guys who are probably washed if they have to play 17 games. But if you can sign them in week 11 and have them play half a season, in this limited role, they might be able to do something for you, right? Like, we just signed Julio Jones, and I'll be so honest with you, I think signing Julio was more about signing A.J. Brown's man than anything. Because, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's what that is. Like, A.J. Brown's talked about how much, like, he basically looks at Julio like his OG, like, since their, like, little time in Tennessee and, like, basically just how much, like, he means to him as a person. I really just think that, like, with some of the stuff happening with A.J. Brown of him not being happy and stuff on the sidelines – Although, like, clearly the targets stuff is not an issue anymore. But I think, like, literally just having his OG around is something that I think that was mainly what that signing is. And on the off chance that he's able to do something on the football field, that helps too. Um, but, yeah, like, I, we just traded for Bayard. I think finally now we have the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson replacement. Um, we've been basically persisting without one up to this point, and it hasn't been good. But you're hoping he can come in and he can make plays. Bayard is a guy that I think he's third uh, in the NFL in terms of like interceptions by guys who are playing right now. And if you look at what happened when Chauncey Gardner Johnson last year, he got a uh, he basically had a career year in terms of interceptions because with the way our defensive line gets to quarterback, sometimes they just chuck that up, right? So if there's somebody who has that type of skill in terms of understanding where the ball is going to go and having the the range to get there that person is going to benefit from our defensive line so i look at Bayard and i'm like the production in terms of interceptions that we don't have this year from the safety position because cjgj isn't there we got that back now so i'm hoping this results in more turnovers um but yeah i, I just i look at it like we have a lot of growing to do but there are a lot of things that demand growth like as good of a team as we are there's a lot of young players that are playing um, like I know, uh, there's a, there's a guy, there's guys in our secondary. I saw the stat today that have played 400 snaps this year, like cumulatively that only played 12 in their whole career prior to this, right? We've been playing a lot of young players. Obviously we have young players up front that people know, know about more. We have like a coaching staff that's brand new basically because our whole coaching staff got poached after the Super Bowl. Like there's a lot of things that are still falling into place. I don't think like we win a Super Bowl playing the way we've played the last month, but we don't have to win a Super Bowl right now. That comes later. So I think the team will round into shape. I'm seeing a lot of encouraging signs. And like I like the fact that team the team is having to face with certain things getting exposed, right? Because the way yeah. certain teams exposed are secondary, that's why we made a trade for Bayard, right? The fact that Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over it's going to force us to have to do something like that's something he's going to have to at least try to overcome early in the season, right? Like it's still early. If he gets that figured out by December 
And now all of a sudden, all the tape from week one to week eight isn't really relevant because he's not the same player. That's a really good spot to be in. So the future you, looks like you think they're building. They're building the, the the habits that they need to build. Like yep, they're they're building up the principles that they need on offense. I think defensively, you've always been fine. I think yeah. it's the same thing I've been saying about the Ravens. Like your offensive production is going to be what determines your success. Yeah, and so um, yeah, they're the way. Hopefully, it's all about Jalen progressing and yep. getting comfortable in the offense. Simply put, I think that's the one. Because, again, AJ is doing this, and it's like this is just what he does just by going out there on the field. Yeah. Like, the way he tracks the ball as a, as a, deep, uh, a deep catcher is crazy. Yep. Um, his physicality after the catch is crazy. It's gone up um, a level this year. It, it it's just like I couldn't I couldn't imagine being like, because what your DBs are normally about six one, they're they're skinny. Yeah. Hey Eddie, against Washington, they had Emmanuel Forbes on him. I was looking at the numbers. AJ Brown's about sixty pounds heavier than Emmanuel Forbes. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that that's literally man against boy. It's like Cam Chancellor if he knew how to run run routes every time I see AJ Green play, bro. Basically, and like, man, he's just playing at a level right now that like there's so much receiving talent in the league. Like I can understand obviously people having other receivers as better than him, but like he's in the top tier the way he's playing right now. Um, it just feels like it feels like last year. It's almost like they didn't take advantage of all the things he can do underneath. It was just about like deep balls. And I think what happened this year is that teams are seeing all the production we got throwing the ball deep last year. And they're basically saying, you know what, we're going to try to make this team take stuff underneath. Like, and and Jalen Hurts himself, I think, is kind of struggling with that adjustment. I feel like Jalen Hurts, like, it seems like he doesn't like taking the short stuff. It feels like he always is trying to force it deep. And even when he takes the stuff underneath, it doesn't look comfortable. It doesn't look like, you know, it looks like he's settling for stuff. And it's like, just, just not like a confidence in what he's doing. But um, I look at all the stuff we're getting underneath from AJ Brown. Like what I was mentioning earlier is that, or like, when, as you said, it was that AJ Brown in terms of yards after the catch this year, it's gone up a level. Like he was not doing this last year. He was getting caught from behind he was uh he wasn't like he wasn't breaking tackles the way I remember he was in Tennessee, but he is this year. Like there's this one play where the play where he actually got hurt on, it turns out he got a cut to his face and uh he had to come out and get that stitched up. But like that play where he went out, it took four defenders to get him on the ground. And like just he's just it's like he has these moments where he just decides he's not gonna be tackled, and it's really a thing of beauty to watch. So uh that's the thing about Jalen Hurts. And like you talk about the platform that the Eagles have given Hurts that like the Ravens haven't given Lamar. Like Hurts has the ability to kind of grow, go through these growing pains pretty like hassle free in the grand scheme of things because there's always AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard to be there to bail the team out while he goes through his growing pains. As a team, we don't have to suffer and he doesn't have to, you know, take the. 
like a crazy level of criticism because he's figuring his game out as a young developing quarterback. He's got guys that can bail him out in the process. And um, yeah, it's just about seeing the process through and hoping that again, by the end of this year, Jalen, like it's almost like in the chess match between Jalen and the defensive coordinators of the NFL, it's like Jalen made a big move last year and then defensive coordinators, like they did their study and then they responded beginning of this year if Jalen Hurts can like schematically respond by the end of this year and now he's doing stuff that the defensive coordinators aren't used to and their plans to make him uncomfortable aren't working again, um, that's a really good spot for us to be in. So I'm hoping that's what happens, but, you know, we'll see. Um, hey, boys, I got to cut out for the long way home, man. Y'all y'all continue to do y'all thing, man. Shout out to the chat. Uh, y'all get this type of dope-ass football talk nowhere else, man. So that's fact. That's facts. All right, y'all. All right, later. Take right, it easy. Later. You enjoy your night. Um, Mertaza, is there anything else or any other games you want to get to? No, I was just going to say about the buyer trade. I think it's really important that you guys got him. Same. Because like you see with the Fangio defenses, everywhere he's gone, bro, has a stud safety. Eddie Jackson in Chicago, Justin Simmons in Denver, you know, yeah. like, You've had these really good safeties, and it's really important. And the reason why you get these safeties get so much production is because this defense just baits you. Throw it deep. Throw it deep. It baits yeah. you, and then it gets you like that. So, you know, that's a – I think that getting Bayard is a huge, huge boost for you guys, especially considering you had a rookie there. So I don't know how that's going to work. If uh, What's-his-face is still going to play, Sidney Brown. Um, but – He's he's probably not. He's probably gonna sit back and develop. Who's gonna play then? You think? So Reed Blankenship is the one that actually has been oh, playing Blankenship. well. So Blankenship's okay. been playing well. Basically, Brown was hurt for most of like ever since Tampa. He didn't really play the first couple weeks. He played in Tampa and he got hurt. And then basically, like Blankenship's missed a couple games, but we saw a lot of Terrell Edmonds who didn't play well and Justin Evans who is only respectable in coverage and is like really bad in run defense. So we can basically bench Well, we traded one of the guys that's ass. We can bench the other one. And like Sidney Brown's basically like our primary backup at this point. But like, again, Sidney Brown was on the field the whole game against Miami. And I didn't ever at any play look at Sidney Brown and say he was the reason something happened. Not to say that that means he played well, because obviously a lot of pieces around him did well, but I'm looking at it like, look, push comes to shove. Somebody gets hurt and Sidney Brown has to play. It is what it is. There's worse backups. But uh, it's going to be Bayard and Blankenship. Um, <clears throat> Blankenship like, was an undrafted rookie last year, and he played five games when CJGJ was hurt. And like during those five games, the production and picks obviously went down, even though Blankenship got a pick on Aaron Rodgers like in his like t- 12th snap of his career. But like he only mm-hmm. got one pick, whereas CJGJ got a bunch. But the rest of the defense functioned the same. Like, he wasn't a reason that our defense dropped off when CJGJ went out. So I look at Blankenship as, like, I'll be real. He's either the same in terms of production as Epps or better. Now it's about how does Bayard play uh, in regards to CJGJ. Like, how does that comparison go? There's a chance we may have upgraded our safeties from last year with this move. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that I hear that. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, this is the thing, right? Like Bayard is all pro. Like yep. that that is something. He's on his way down, but the point is is like an all pro player on the beginning of their descent is still a pretty good player. 
And like yeah. our big our big losses from last year were Hargrave and CJGJ. Like Hargrave, fortunately, we got to replace with Jalen Carter, so that was cool. But like we were still figuring out life without a good safety. Cause like Blankenship is cool. Like he's fine. Like he's just solid, right? And last year, Epps was that. He was just solid. But we always had one guy that was pretty good. We didn't have that this year. So now I think we have that guy. We'll see what it looks like. And, like, what I'll say is is that the way Sean Desai coped with all these young players who've never played before, like, the way he coped with that throughout the beginning of the year, I think he's done well and, like, he deserves praise. And I'm excited to see what he does now with, with Bayard in the fold. Um, we have a very veteran secondary now, like Bayard is 30, um, Slay is 32, Bradley is 30, um, our nickel guy, uh, Bradley Roby is like 31, so Blankenship's 24, but basically the whole secondary are like guys that should have seen everything. Yo, am I, is that, yo, are you seeing this? I think what? you're ahead of me. The Vikings had nine players on the field on that last play. I don't know. That's crazy. That might come up for you soon. But yeah, that's uh that's where I'm at. Like I I'm hopeful of what we're gonna see. It has to get better, but I do think it will. You know one player that really impressed me yeah. was Eli Ricks, bro. One on one with Tyree Kill, yeah, undrafted corner out of Alabama. Like yeah, I was like, okay, bro. This guy went undrafted, but like it kind of makes sense because he did go to fucking Alabama, so yeah. It's still like it's so crazy how Yo. like it's on that was it third down play or fourth down play where he got the stop. I was like, wow. The that's fourth really down good. play, he he ran the route with Tyreek, right? And now like I get it. There was one play where Tyreek got him that Tyreek dropped it, and like of course Tyreek's gonna get him, but like also Ricks is an outside corner. He's playing in the slot because that's the position where we needed somebody to play. So he's been learning the slot for apparently the past three, four weeks in practice, and like he showed up. I think they showed the stats. He had 12 coverage snaps from the slot, and he gave up one catch, and he had one pass breakup. So, like, you got to wow, look that's at really good. Yeah, like, if that's our backup slot at this point, again, like, injuries will happen. You'll have to play somebody that's realistically not good. But if that's our not good, I'll take it, right? Um, definitely, so I was definitely. happy to see that. And, again, just, like, I can't stress it enough. Like, of course, Miami, like they left play, they left yards on the field and they had a bad break with the referees. But they also went against some scrubs in the secondary. Like, you know, like the fact that we were able to do that with guys that will not that ideally will not be on the football field going forward. I was I was super pleased. I was I was to be honest, like I was ready for things to be bad at, in that part of the field. Mm. No, yeah, that that's that's solid, man. Like, that the stats you just named, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's really really good, actually. Yeah, man. Um, that's good. But yeah, it's, I it's, got nothing else though. But on me, the game, me neither. I'm, I'm good to check out at halftime. Yeah, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah um, let's do that. I'm just gonna look through the games to see maybe there's any other random talking points. Uh, we talked about the Bills. Um. Oh, yeah. Uh, not that there's much to say, but, like, the Colts-Brown game was really strange. And the Colts got robbed. Yeah. How did the Browns give up 30 fucking whatever points to the Colts? The Gardner-Minshew Colts, bro. NFL, bro. 
Yo. So weird. Josh Downs was cooking. Like, Pittman had a 75-yard touchdown. The Colts could run the ball. This was a crazy game. Like, and remember the thing I brought up about last week, how Jim Schwartz is 9-1 and one against Shanahan? Like, what we saw that week might honestly have just been the fact that he matches up really, really well against Shanahan. Like, you know, obviously the Browns' defense is, is like, I still think they're good, and they still have had other big performances. But, you know, sometimes Styles make fights, and, like, the way he was a really good matchup for Shanahan, maybe Steichen's a really good matchup for him because, like, the Colts' offense cooked that defense. And, the, yeah. you know, Miles Garrett played the whole game. That's the main difference maker. I don't think the Browns had any injuries, really. Yeah, bro. Like, it's crazy. I just, they should have won that game. And, yo, I'm looking at it here, right? Minshew attempted 23 passes. Like, they did yeah, it predominantly running. Because, yo, Taylor and Moss both had 18 carries each. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Also, right, the other fucked up thing is with 15 completions, Minshew threw for over 300 because Downs and Pittman were making big plays. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downs had like a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, Pittman had a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that that's a crazy game. I can't believe the Colts did that offensively and they got the game stolen from them at the end. Those two penalties they called on the same corner were both flagrant. That was that was fucked up for that guy that he had to to eat both those penalties, but it is what it is. Like the game gets like that sometimes. Um yep. If the Colts can do that to the Browns, they can do it to other teams and they'll probably get their wins at some point, but Man, I was fucked up. CMC just got this touchdown, though. So if yep. anybody's going against CMC in uh, fantasy, that's tough. That's real tough. Bro, he's he's got a 15-game touchdown streak. Damn. 15 games. It's the second longest streak in NFL history. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's, a, it's the easiest bet to make, like, ever. Just CMC yeah. anytime touchdown score, cash. Cash. Yeah, I mean, credit to him for playing on only one day's practice. And, like, you know. To be fair, he doesn't really practice a lot either. Does he usually miss practice? Yeah, he misses the first first day at least. I think he does limited practice the second day and third day is full. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. That makes sense. Then he's used to it. But, um, because, yo, I, I really do feel like the Niners need him. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. They can do some other stuff without him because they were still a good offense without him, like or like prior to the trade. But like he's the piece that makes their offense actually look dangerous. Bro, he's a unicorn, like like Bijan type, like yeah. insane. And bro, you find out why why he did it because he was sick. He yeah, I heard, and the NFL is investigating why they didn't report that. Yeah, that's that's weird, man. That whole situation is so strange because like. Like, the whole purpose of the NFL having an injury report is for, like, gambling-related stuff and fantasy-related stuff, right? To make those things actually, like, interesting for people to do. And, like, that really fucked a lot of money up for a lot of people, I'm sure. Bro, legit, bro. People bet millions of dollars on this stuff. And, yep. like, Ejon's one of the biggest I, – I, you can say, like, he is one of the biggest stars in the National Football League. Yeah. Especially like young young running backs are stars 
as they entered the league. So he's box office. Like people yeah. actually like will turn on Falcons highlights just to see if Bijan did anything crazy. Bro, like remember the what's his face? The touchdown he had? I don't know against the Texans. Yeah, yeah the one where he... catch, crossover. Oh man. Yo, like uh, even the, the, the overhead shots against the Packers where he iced the game, like and he was making like two dudes miss per run towards the end. Oh, Oh man, <laughs> yo, he he is box office man. He's the kind so of cool. he's the kind of player people watch games exclusively for. So Bro, that was weird. Is. That was fucked up. Also, like I started Algier in a fantasy matchup, so like I'll take it, but that was fucked up. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you just put him as an inactive. Like, why do you yep. feel the need to do yep. all that? Like, you know, it's not worth it. No bullshit, no bullshit. But um, Vikings are gonna get the ball with a minute to go. We'll see if they can maybe get a field goal. Probably not. No, we're gonna check out, people. It's been real. Um, we've yeah. had fun with this stream. Uh, we'll be doing the same thing next week. Yo, Raiders Lions next week. Um, I hope Garoppolo's back, mainly just because like I do want to see that game be like a respectable football game. Obviously, it's Monday Night Football, but also like. I want to see the Lions get whatever the Raiders' best shot is because I'm curious as to how the Lions respond to a bad loss like that. I think they're going to, bro. They're going to try and beat the brakes off them. Same, same. I, I just want to see what that I, I don't know if like. they are going to be do that, but like, I think they're yeah. going to attempt to. Exactly. You know? And I just want to see what that's like because like, if they play Hoyer, bro, like it is what it is. That's just like they'll beat the shit out of the Raiders regardless of like whether they're playing well or not. But like, I don't know, maybe against Garoppolo, like – the offense functions a bit better. And, like, let's just see what that looks like. Also, I'll be real. I just want the Lions to lose with that helmet. <laughs> I just hate that no, helmet. I hear so that. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, that's, that's funny. All right, on that the helmet is, is weird. Yeah, it's terrible. Yo, it's like it just looks like – I, I got told you yesterday, it looks like fucking Adonis drew that helmet, man. Like, it looks like ass. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in the first play here, Kirk Cousins throws a short pass and the guy gets shoved out of bounds backwards. So the clock keeps running, uh, on second down on national tight ends day, Hawkinson gets a, a look, but the clock is still running or they called their one timeout. Uh, looks like maybe they called their timeout. Yeah, they did. Cause the Vikings yeah. player was down. All right. so. so no timeouts left for Minnesota. They probably need like a cool 25 more yards to even attempt a long field goal. So let's see what Kirk Cousins can cook up. Um, I am happy I've, for Addison. Been, uh, yeah, but I'm not uh, impressed with this Minnesota performance. Uh, no, the 49ers performance. Program. 100%. 100%. Yo, the Vikings actually suck. The Vikings actually suck, especially without Jefferson. Bro, how are they like doing? Yo, Kirk, how are Kirk they getting yards on them? Kirk has 150 in the air. How and it's like I'm looking at oh my god, yo, the Vikings only have 10 rushes by their running backs, but they have uh 58 yards on those 10 rushes. So they're averaging 5.8 on the ground, and Kirk is on pace for 300 through the air. That's crazy. Oh wow, that brother got smoked. Yo, he actually got smacked there. 
that's helmet to helmet as fuck. It's just it sucks for him that he's a running back and not a quarterback or a receiver because they don't give a fuck about running backs taking those hits. Nah, that's not helmet to helmet. He hit his hand. He hit his hand? That's his hand. Uh, no, he hit him with his hand. Hold up. No, I thought he said helmet oh, to no, helmet. You're right. You're right. You're right. He he matched the he his helmet cleared him and then he got him with his hand. Yo, that's crazy. That's basically a clothesline. Yes. Yeah, that's, a... that's a nasty oh, pick. Oh no way. Wow. Wow. I look forward to this. I look forward to this. Wow. Oh Addison. Yo, you're my guy, Addison. 10 point lead. Wow. Yo, this is really the Addison coming out party. Yo, Charverius Ward, answer for your sins. That's crazy. That's, that's like that's almost like a moss, but like that's actually maybe even worse. That might be an Addison. Like that's different. When you actually yo, should he just snatched that shit, bro. Yo, he just actually that's big boy shit. That's big boy shit from somebody that's like 170 pounds. Bro. Emmanuel Forbes, man. For Rise. real. For real. Yo, this game got interesting, you know. What the Yo, hell? This is this and is he missed a kick, idiot. <laughs> oh my god. Yo, of course. Minnesota just does this. There's something about Minnesota, man. They just do just strange shit like this. Like, yo, I'll ne like there's never in my life have I seen a funnier sequence of events than that Stefan Diggs miracle touchdown followed by getting fucking slapped by Nick Foles. That's a hilarious back-to-back. Yeah yeah. -back. yeah, yeah, it's just the Vikings. <laughs> what they do, man. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, people, I'm I'm still done wow. with this, even though I will be watching the game. I'm I'm good on the stream from this point onwards. So we're gonna yeah, end yeah. right here. 16 to 7. This should be a good second half. So if you guys have time, if you guys can stay up, make sure you watch the end of this game because this might be a pretty cool upset going on. If the Minnesota Vikings beat the Niners at home, uh, some uncomfortable conversations are going to happen with the Niners because that's just two back-to-back -back weeks. I still think they'll get it together, but these are some bad performances to put out back-to-back. -back. But um, yeah, if you're here, man, make sure you follow the kick or subscribe to the kick, whatever the right term is um check us out on the sarcasm city youtube support the content um if you enjoy what we do man we would appreciate the engagement because that helps us grow um but yeah on that note we're gonna tap we're gonna we're gonna get out of here we're gonna tap out but enjoy your night people we're out Peace.